Biz Women Rock, episode 118. What's going on? This is Katie Kermitzos. I'm your host of Biz Women Rock. This is the place where you will hear really inspirational and really honest stories from business women who have great journeys to share so that your business can truly be touched by it. I've got a great story to share with you today, but before we begin, it is time for our Biz Women Wednesday series. Every single Wednesday before our main interview, we take a second to shine the light on an amazing woman who's a part of the Biz Women Rock community. Today, that light goes on Ashley Grant, and she is a freelance writer and a photographer, and she happens to be in my backyard of Tampa, Florida. She blogs at thefamousashleygrant.com, and I am so in love with one of her favorite quotes, which is, if your dreams do not scare you, they are not big enough. Love that, Ashley. If you want to find out more about Ashley or if you would like to be featured on the Biz Women Rock Wednesday series, just go to bizwomenrock.com. Today's guest is Nancy Traversy, and she's the co-founder of Barefoot Books. Now, I could sit here and tell you that Barefoot Books is a publisher of children's books, but that would not nearly cover what it really is. She made a commitment, she and her co-founder years ago, back in 1992, made a commitment that they wanted to create stories that were really impactful um, and educational for children that would help them understand uh, and have another kind of like learning of the world and make sure that design and creativity and color and um, beauty as far as the aesthetics of the book were equally given a lot of attention. So they created Barefoot Books um, all those years ago to be able to do this and I got to tell you, it took me even a, a while, you can even hear it in the interview, that I'm I'm digging into these questions because I'm not quite understanding exactly the scope of this business. As a publisher, as a, you know, kind of mom and pop started publisher, she is a six to seven million dollar company and is just getting started on her huge growth spurt. A few major things to note about this conversation is... Um, really her drive and her passion for staying so um, loyal to her mission and her brand and making letting that help her make big decisions like pulling her books off of Amazon. That was a huge decision for her and you're going to hear exactly why she chose to do that. And innovation and technology and leveraging technology to be able to help with their grassroots effort to get their books out to um, to the, the direct person who wants to buy the books. Um, they've really leveraged social media as and uh, a lot of different technology. So one example is that um, they, you know, have created these videos based off of their stories on YouTube and her her videos get like a million, three million, seven million views. So this is no small thing. They have definitely done that. And they have actually created an app and leveraged that and it had four million downloads. It was actually identified as one of Apple's top uh, download or top apps for kids 
I don't know when, but she says it in the interview exactly when it is. I'm pointing all of this out before the interview because I really want you to listen for how this business is set up, how it's so different than anything that you could possibly imagine, and why that's so important to you is because perhaps you're creating a business and it doesn't fit into the exact model that you think it should and um, where all of the other industries lie and all of the other businesses that are sort of like yours are telling you that it should be. And this is such a great example of how to be different, how to stay true to your differences, and how to really just own it out there. So um, buckle up. You're going to love it. Let's get rolling. Nancy, what's going on? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Oh, I'm so I'm like giddy and excited to talk to you today, literally because in doing my research, everything about your company is bright, it's colorful, and I know there's a lot of reasons behind that and deliberate, you know, steps behind that, but it just made me happy researching your company, like like listening to the YouTube videos and the podcast and everything. So I am, I couldn't be more thrilled to have you here and for you to really share your journey in building this company because it's a massive one that really has – when I – here's what happened. I really started doing the research thinking, okay, she's a children's book editor and um, you know publisher. And it's just so – Barefoot Books is so much more than that. And I was really blown away by it. So welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Um, so can you start a little bit by explaining um, how you came up with this concept in the first place? Okay, so that was a long time ago. So we started Barefoot um, back in 1992. I was living in England, and my previous uh, career had been originally in business, and for my sins, I'm a chartered accountant. So I had the business background, but I was a bit of the black sheep in the family and and went to business school. My, My family are all artists and designers. And so I quickly left because I realized I wasn't cut out for the corporate world and um, was working in the design industry in in London, in England, and um, had my first uh, baby daughter back in uh, 1992 and decided that I wanted to try something different. So I started a management consultancy company from my home, helping little creative businesses write their business plans and and raise funds and do their marketing strategy. And um, my one of my clients was um, Tessa Strickland. And she had come out of um, adult publishing, Random House and, and Penguin, big, big corporate publishing. Mm-hmm. And she had this idea to start a children's publishing company. She had three little children who were age two, four, and six. Um, and I had, when I met her, I had my daughter, uh, Megan, was three, three weeks old. And so... We sat and we talked and we decided that we were going to start this thing because um, we really felt it was an important thing to do. Well, so I got to ask you here because there were, you know, there are definitely other children's books, book publishers. So what what were you guys feeling that was missing or what were you so passionate about that you were so ready to sort of open this spot for what you wanted to create? Well, a, a, cu- a couple of things. One, um, way back then publishers tended to kind of fall into two camps. They, they were either um, edu- focusing on selling to schools and selling to libraries, and, um, or they were selling in the, in the, the book trade. And um, books were either a lot of maybe a lot of style but not as much substance, or the other side was a lot of substance but not a lot of style. And we really felt that, that there was a gap in the market for books that placed 
as much emphasis on the caliber and, and quality of the illustrations and the design and the production as the, the words and the stories. And so we really felt books could be both entertaining but also educational for children. I think the other thing that we, we recognized is there was more and more of a need to, as multinational companies and the whole globalization was just sort of becoming much more prevalent, there was a need to introduce our children to the to all the wonderful cultures in the world. And so we wanted our, the, the core values that we founded Barefoot on was the, the importance of of global awareness, the importance of um, imagination and creativity in children's lives was was really in our very first mission statement that we wrote back in 1992. And I think, you know, 22 years later, that's exactly um, still our mission statement and still what we care most about. That is so cool. Now, that is a huge vision for a startup. So what were like, what were those actual first couple of steps that you took to actually create that were you guys writing and 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 like creating and you know illustrating your first books did you immediately find people who wanted to submit books to you how how did those first couple of steps go well in terms of the publishing we uh we never we do do some books in-house but for the most part we work with um really talented uh wonderful artists illustrators and storytellers and writers from all over the world so um, our first, very first list, which we published in September 1993, was a was a four books, all from different cultures. And and when we the very first um, few years, we very much focused on myth, legend, folk tale, fairy tale, from different cultures. Um, and so we published as Barefoot Books in England as 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 a brand in England but we the british market wasn't really big enough for us to to sustain a print run on our own just with the english the the british market so we found publishing partners uh, around the world but our biggest market was in the U- in the us because um, it was obviously one of the larger english uh, speaking language market. So the business model was publish as Barefoot Books in England and then sell the rights to our our titles that we were publishing in um, in other countries, mainly in North America. So you guys ended up sort of um, in those early days sort of being a middleman between, um, you know, these writers and helping them create these great books and, and creating something really great and publishing them. But then you would kind of pass it on so that it could get larger distribution because you weren't that size yet. That's kind of what I'm gathering. Yeah, well, so we we needed to get the distribution, obviously, to get a title off the ground. So right. we're we found the talent. Usually we came up with the idea and um, it's always been like that. We've been less about getting someone to submit something that's already fully packaged. It was more that we would put the authors and the artists together and then create the package. And we we really knew what we wanted on our list and that felt that was um, true to the core values that we represented. So we would quite deliberately sort of shape and, and, and um, put together our publishing programs each season and then to get you're right to get as much distribution as we can for our authors and our artists as well as us for our business um, to get a print run off the ground I mean you typically have to print you know a minimum of you know five seven thousand copies and that the market wasn't big enough in England so we found partners around um, around the world um, but that that model changed we decided in in night, about five years in uh, we decided to come directly into the to the American market because we felt that the potential here was huge. Wow, I think that's so fascinating, and I, you know, I just have to commend you because 
like a publishing house to me sounds very big and it sounds very intimidating and you have to be able to offer huge distribution um, and to go in there very clear on, okay, we're just, you know, this is the the type of projects that we're going to do and for this larger purpose and this larger mission. And just to cut, it sounds like you kind of like figured it out and did that pretty well. Were there any major hiccups in the very beginning of things that, you know, you just didn't know because you hadn't been in that industry before? Many, many, many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, it would take me a lot longer than however long we've got allotted for this. <laughs> just, just the mistakes that we've made. When we started, though, we were very small. I mean, I was, I was working from my home in in um, no, in North London. I had um, had a, the three week old baby daughter when we started. I had four children in five years, so um, I was lucky enough for the first eight years of Barefoot to be able to run it from my home. Um, I was certainly not um, part-time at all. I ha- was working very full-time and never really had a chance to have maternity leave because I had to meet payroll and, and keep on going. And Tessa, um, in the early days, was working from her little farmhouse outside of Bath in England. And so, you know, we were, we were very small, but we had kind of a big idea. And mm-hmm. we, we believed in the books that we were making. We believed in, in that they were really important, I think. Our, chal- our biggest challenge over the years has always been how we knew that the audience of people, mothers, fathers, grandparents, um, teachers, librarians who cared about the same things we did, who believed in the importance of really beautiful, wonderful books for children that didn't dumb down to them. We knew that they were out there because we would get fan mail and people would say, send us emails and say, you know, be or mail back then <laughs> um, and say, thank goodness you're doing what you're doing and, and you care about quality and you, you, you're not compromising on it and, and you, you're staying true to your vision because it, it's so hard to find books like that. But our challenge was that there were... Um, always these middlemen in the middle, and I remember drawing diagrams saying, "We know they're out there, but and we have this amazing, these wonderful stories, these, this amazing children's content, but how do we get there through these middlemen who, who were the big retail chains um, and you know the big huge distributors, the big box mass market distributors who kind of catered to the lowest common denominator, and that wasn't really what what we did. I mean, I remember presenting to borders, the execs at borders, saying, you know, what we really want to do in your cafes, we want to have a whole barefoot boutique, in your, and then yeah. we'll put our artwork on your walls of your cafe, and these executives in, in, in suits just sort of looked at me like I've been in the sun too long and said, you know, <laughs> what planet are you on? And they weren't really seeing the vision, were they? Right. <laughs> I think it's not usual for publishers or hasn't isn't typical for publishers to brand themselves. You brand your characters or you brand your authors or your artists. Um, but we always, I think we stood out in publishing because we believed passionately that we had a community of people who cared about the same things we did and that we had a certain appeal and it wasn't mass market, but it was it was a pretty broad group of people that would love what we do and you know we we stayed true to the core values that we started the business on and didn't you didn't didn't compromise and tempting though over the years it was for you know us to I mean I remember being at a trade show and someone said you know if you could just change the cover of this princess book to to pink and you just need to change the princess so she has you know she, this 
put dots for the eyes or something. And I said, in, she, they said, oh, you know, we can sell hundreds of thousands of copies. And I said, you know, we, that's not what we do. We don't want to compromise on the, the quality of the illustration. And we, we, we don't want to cater to to the mass market. Mm. And, you know, I got to say, in order to really understand this, I highly recommend you go to bizwomenrock.com and go check out Nancy's particular um, show notes page because we have a we have a screenshot of your website and it's just beautiful. You can also go to barefootbooks.com. I mean, it's a, it's immediately understandable as soon as you look at your website, the vibrancy of color and the and once you start looking around and and obviously as we're we're listening to this conversation, it's very obvious that it's really this entirely different paradigm of books. And it's great information. It's, you know, um, it's educational, it's meaningful, and it's colorful. And it, it really hits on all sorts of, of uh, wavelengths. It's really amazing. And it's, you've had a huge response. I mean, that group of people that you knew were out there are out there because your business, a you know, a, a startup publishing business over all these years has grown into a six or seven million dollar company. Um, and we're definitely going to get into how you're doing things now. But I, what I would like to know is, you know, what what really is your business model? Like, how are you guys generating revenue? Because what I know of the publishing house arena is that, you know, I, I, as the publisher, you're basically paying, you know, the writers or what have you a certain amount for their books. How do you guys work that? How, how do you guys work out your business model? Yeah, so our business model, there, there's lots and lots of components to that. But in terms of how we work with our authors and artists, um, we pay them in advance against royalties. Um, and then we have uh, warehouses right now. We're in the UK still. We are based in Oxford in the UK and here in Cambridge, um, Massachusetts. We have a warehouse in um, Wisconsin. And um, we print the books um, in a variety of places, predominantly in the Far East. Um, and our distribution model has been really the challenge, I would say, over the years, because as I was saying, up until relatively recently, there wasn't the there wasn't the opportunity to actually reach our community directly. We've tried, you know, way back in when um, it wasn't even done in the UK. We did direct mail, mail order catalogs, and the problem with the mail order catalogs was that, you know, if people knew our books and knew the quality, they could look at the picture and choose from the catalog. But if they didn't know the quality, they didn't couldn't really tell from just just a one picture of the cover or even right. pictures of the interior. Um, we always supported little independent booksellers. That was always very important to us, schools and libraries at the core of our business. But, you know, the, the world is changing and publishing. Um, we sort of find ourselves kind of in the middle of two large industries, and they're both changing a lot, as, as so many industries are. Um, we started back in the early 2000s to... We found out about this whole idea of, of a, of a home, home-based business opportunities and actually having women, kind of just like we were uh, way back when we had little children, able to work from home and run a business. Um, so we started um, our ambassador program, and um, that we started that in the early 2000s, and um, we sort of had it on the side of our business. It wasn't our core because it we still had to pay the bills on either side of the Atlantic. Right, right. So we were still selling through the traditional channels, but we decided in um, around 2006 that um, I think after my meeting with borders, <laughs> I decided <laughs> that, that um, it, we didn't really want to sell to the chains anymore. It was, it was a kind of a wasteful, 
you know, books got moved around from warehouse to warehouse and sometimes didn't even get onto the, the shop floor and um, you had to pay for the real estate and, you know, it was a very transactional model. It wasn't really about you know, our core values. It didn't, our books weren't placed all together. So they were just, it was just individual books. And so we pulled out of the chains in 2006. And then last year we decided to pull out of Amazon. Um, that really? Just a decision that, again, it was about a sales transaction and, and their incredible company, Amazon, and they are all about, you know, price and, and speed. And that's very important to a lot of people. And I shop on Amazon all the time. But we didn't feel it was the right thing for us as a company. And it, it um, we wanted to really grow our ambassador program. And we felt that it was going to compete against our ambassadors if our books could be bought cheaper on, on Amazon. So mm. we deliberately pulled out. Um, and then earlier this year, we made a decision that we wanted to focus wholeheartedly on growing our ambassador program. And we, we sort of feel that the time is right for us now. There's, you know, the d- traditional direct selling industry, the, the Avon and Tupperware as is, and on the one hand, and then the traditional publishing industry and the other, both of those are in quite a lot of upheaval. Right. And we sort of felt like we were in the middle. And and I think now's the opportunity to really leverage technology, leverage um, you know, leverage social media, social in the ability to sell and connect with people in a way that um, we just really couldn't do five years ago. So we're, we're ready and now and poised to just explode our ambassador um, community, we have um, we're still very small, and in fact, we we have a, a founders club that we're we're launching, and it ends at the end of October. It's a chance to join the founders club and be part of the beginning of this, which we think is we think is really going to explode. Um, and and the neat thing is, it's on either side of the Atlantic. So even though it's quite small, we have ambassadors who have become friends that that live in Scotland with ambassadors in Seattle, and 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 it's just a really lovely community and, and, it, and everyone shares these core values that we started the business on. So, you know, 22 years ago. I just, I think that that's amazing. And, you know, from what you were saying, everything in the core of who the company is really needed that sort of direct grassroots connection. And it sounds like you guys have really pushed through and done that very intelligently by having your ambassadors and having the direct sales kind of model to be able to really get there. And you did mention social media and really leveraging technology. And I really want to use this as an opportunity to put uh, to bring this up. You know, in my research, I'm, I'm I always look at everyone's social media. Like I just want to kind of see where everyone is and where the you know where people are really strong. And when I went to YouTube, um, and you can get through this uh, through your website. You know, just it says all the vid- all the different videos you have, all the podcasts, which are all- also amazing. But I clicked onto YouTube, I clicked on, onto one of the videos, and you have, um, you know, you have a whole channel with almost, I think, like 40,000 subscribers. But that wasn't the impressive part. The impressive part was that you had more than a dozen videos that are over a million, some into the three and seven million of views. So you've actually taken these stories, produced them as a video, and are being able to reach people that way, which I think is fascinating. So can you talk a little bit about your marketing strategy for that and how that's actually impacting the sales of your business? And, you know, kind of the, I know for branding, it means a lot, but can you, can you explain sort of what your whole strategy is behind that? Well, I think, um, 
we were we were looking at this whole digital age we're in, and um, I was, you know, I believe passionately in the importance of physical books in, in children's lives. And I don't think, I know there was an interesting article in the New York Times about a week ago on the front page, which is, you know, you know, are e-books right for, for children? And I, obviously a lot of schools have thought on that. Um, but we've, we didn't jump too quickly in the whole digital um, thing. We just thought, let, let's just watch it. And, and what happened was there was all kinds of technology platforms surfacing and everyone had the greatest new thing. And, but they, the problem is they didn't have any content. And we, we published over 600 books and we, you know, control all of our IP, our intellectual property. Um, so, you know, we we didn't want to just in the same way over the years we didn't just want to sell our books off all over the place just for the sake of getting sales. We wanted to build this community based approach. We didn't want to do the same in digital. So we did a couple of things. One was the YouTube, where we have this amazing um, sing-alongs, and they. Um, sorry, my alarm has just gone off. You hear that in background? That's all right. You okay? <laughs> and. Um, so we have sing-alongs. We have uh, we published about twenty-five of them, and they're um, some of our best-selling books. Where it's basically aimed at sort of, I would say, two to six-year-olds, and they have you know a, a wonderful theme. Whether it's the Animal Boogie, which has sold over two million copies, and it's a, a wonderful children's romp through the jungle and meeting all kinds <laughs> of different animals. And then we decided we had them on, on the musical CD at the back. And we decided to make a video. And then we thought, well, hang on, let's just put these on YouTube and see what kind of engagement we get with the content. And, and as you say, we are slightly blown away because we've had over 30 million views and we're getting a million and a half to two million. And for me, that was really a test to validate whether people liked our content. And um, so obviously there's, there's an interest and in engagement with our content. The other thing we did was we decided, well, let's do an app and figure out this whole app thing. And so we did the Barefoot World Atlas um, we had published the Barefoot Books at World Atlas, which was our first atlas, and very, it was a little bit of a deviation for us because it was less about stories, but it's sort of the story of the world, and it's a really beautiful book. And we decided, well, what better thing, if you're going to experiment in an app that could lend itself to multi-dimensions, is the world. So we worked with a, a company, and we created the Barefoot World Atlas, and Apple picked it last year as one of the top um, 10 apps of all time out of uh, over a million in celebration of five years of the App Store. And what? we've had over 4 million downloads of its most downloaded children's app in Apple's history. And so so those were our two little experiments in, in, oh. in digital. And so where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very interested now in how, you know, the model's evolving. And I think a lot of publishers are trying to figure out what, you know, what is the future for it's an ebooks would make a lot of sense for adults, but what is right for children? Do you really want, is it games? Is it, you know, and how do you don't detract from that wonderful experience of turning the page w with a child? And, you know, I believe children's books and will be the last one standing. Um, but I also know that, you know, there is a place for, for digital, for, for children. So, you know, we're, learning and we want to become you know one of the very best providers of of safe trusted wonderful content for children that is both you know available in digital format and in um physical book format and so our strategy is really to do that through our ambassador program and, and community and rather than just put it in the app store actually have you know the the chance for ambassadors to to sell that um, you know, we're in an age now in social media that, you know, consumers are 
they're able to connect and consume and curate in a much more direct and dynamic way. And I think finally the middlemen are no longer in control. Right. Well, and that's what I really am getting the vibe from, from this conversation, really discovering more about your business is that, um, you know, typically what we sort of know now and what the kind of the, um, language is nowadays is like, oh, old old school traditional publishing versus and having a publisher versus like, you know, self-publishing and all this stuff. What I love about your company is that you're doing something completely unique in an entirely different paradigm and doing it that's and it's very mission focused and it's very values focused and you're sticking to that and finding a way to get the word out. Like you're leveraging, you're practicing and trying all these all these platforms to just try and see what works. And I there's I have a lot of respect for that because you're coming up very, very successful and obviously your business is really feeling the success of that. And and it's only just begun. I mean, it's only, you know, through both through the actual hand to hand um, direct selling model with ambassadors kind of, you know, boots on the ground and this digital platform. It's a very powerful one two punch, really, is what you're doing. Yeah, and I think I think the 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 key is that it you know I think there'll always be a demand for high quality children's stories. Parents will always want the very very best for their children, um, and I think there is a real trend towards local community based buying and selling. But I think what makes Barefoot different and what we're doing uh, a little bit different than it's not just about having amazing content. It's not just about you know women selling selling books. But it's really about that desire to connect in a kind of an authentic human-to-human way. And and I think there's so much written about it. It's not just about getting your child to read, but it's that exchange of uh, a, the time that between a parent and child when, they, when they're telling a story to their children. And I think a lot of parents don't necessarily know how to bring a book to life and how to create an experience around a story. So we're training our ambassadors to do that, to be experts in that, and and to help parents not only pick the very best books for their children, but to really start to unpack the developmental benefits of the books, depending on the age of the child, to put programs together, and you know, and really bring the book to life. I mean, to be a storyteller, and I think that that's such an important thing now. Yeah, I love that. You know, I got to ask you, Nancy, how. Um you know, your business has grown and, and we're seeing all the really good parts of it. But what have been some of your major challenges or maybe low moments that you've had? And I, I got to say this, like, especially with five kids. My goodness. Oh, I have four kids. Four oh, kids. four kids. Four. So, okay. So expect barefoot books, my fifth child. But no. Yeah, I really. Four children. My, and, they're, and my children now are, up, are, are nearly all in university. Just one more to go. Um, Oh God! There's there's been so many um, so many setbacks along the way, and I think it's you know it never really quite knowing whether you've just jumped off a cliff and it's not going to work. You know, I think <laughs> I have to say you know that four o'clock wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I've got to make payroll or I've got to. It, it's it's really hard, and 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 because you're doing something that's never been done before. You know, initially when I came into the states from England, that was a big move to be on two sides of the Atlantic, and then running a business on two sides of the Atlantic. Um, I've had bankrupt warehouses that shut their doors with a million pounds worth of my books. Um, wow. You know, I've had I've had lots and lots and lots of setbacks. Um, I think those setbacks make you stronger. <laughs> I think you learn from them. I think, you know, the, the belief in what you're doing is, is so important and you keep going because you you know that you've got something that's special. You know that people out there will care too. It's just, you know, 
powering on through and, and picking yourself up when you fall. Um, so, um, and you make, you know, made, I've made my share, fair share of mistakes. So, um, but I feel really good about where we are right now because we have managed to survive and tell the tale. You know, I think we have, uh, you know, this great brand that really represents what I think a lot of people care about. You know, it's a really timeless family brand and we have all this wonderful content for children we've got some expertise in the digital side of things and we've got this amazing group of founding ambassadors who you know we're we're it's going to be a, such a great base to to really grow and i think it's also exciting that we can be global because there's going to be people all over the world that care about stories and wonderful stories and global awareness and sustainability and all the things that we stood for for so long. They're the, those those like-minded people are all over the world. What do you? What is your big vision? Like, where do you really want to take things from here? I think the big vision is really to grow the ambassador community. I mean, I'm I'm 150 percent focused on that right now. I have a great team in place um, that are helping me do it. Um, I'm excited that we are um, already on, on in in the in Europe and in North America. I'm excited about the potential for offering a a membership model in the you know the barefoot world or whatever we call it, and having you know having a chance to to experiment in new new ways to deliver stories. It isn't just a physical book, um, but I'm excited to get more people aware of what I think is probably one of the world's best kept secrets. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, I want to go ahead and transition into our favorite five segment. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So normally I ask like your favorite book, but I'm going to actually ask you the favorite book that you have published that um, that Barefoot Books has published. Um, that, you know, that's a hard question because I have lots of them. But um, there's, there's two. One is The Animal Boogie because my children wrote it. So it's quite special to me. They were singing this song over and over again. And, and um, I said, that's a barefoot book. And um, it's gone on to be our best-selling book of all time. Nice. Sold well over 2 million copies. But there's another book that's um, the, called The Boy Who Grew Flowers. And it was written by the author for her brother who was autistic. And it's, it's really about a, a little boy that every time the moon is full, he sprouts flowers all over his head. And, um, and it's really all about um, differences and celebrating differences and, you know, what makes us different makes us special. And I always feel that that's kind of very true to what we think at Barefoot is that we've always been a little bit different. We're not afraid to be pioneering. And so that book kind of sums up what we're all about as a publisher. Very cool. I love that. Okay. Question two is, where is one of your favorite places to be barefoot? Um, <laughs> Favorite places to be barefoot is um, uh, in France. We have a when when my children were very little, we bought an, an old house down in southwest France near Spain, and that's the place that I go and get my sanity back um, and stare at the Pyrenees and um, drink some rosé at lunchtime and and really that and the children. It's it's our base as a family. We're, we're always there and with our friends and that. You know, it's my favorite place in the world. Oh, I love it. Okay, so I know you spend a lot of time in England. Where is one of your favorite places? I'm sure you have a ton of them, but just one favorite place. Ah, one favorite place. Um, ah, I've done a lot of, of traveling around the world, and I have to say Africa um, 
is where my real passion, I remember, to transform me when I first went into Kenya. So I would say Kenya is, 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 and we did, we have done a book, it's actually set in Tanzania. We all all went on safari and um, it's, again, one of our bestsellers. But it's, what happened is over the years, you know, the book, we're so much about multicultural publishing and I've wanted to go to a lot of the places and I've been lucky to be able to go to a lot of the places where we end up publishing a, a book about that. So Very cool. Um, I mean, that's a nice little benefit of the business, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, number four, um, what is your favorite thing or activity to do in your business? Uh, I, I'm a really funny person because I, I love the business of business and I love numbers and spreadsheets and plans and things, but I also love design and color and the colorful bit comes from me and it's sort of if you walked in my house it looks kind of like a barefoot book (laughs) and so I love I love design and I love looking at like our catalog and and working with our really wonderfully talented design team to 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 just you know make it the most beautiful thing and make our books the most as beautiful as they can possibly be um you know we were we just always cared about the details in our books, which I think makes them special. Like we were the first publisher to ever, you know, care about you know the table of contents that had to be gorgeously designed. And I got so frustrated when I first saw books, and there was all these white pages at the beginning. And I said, mm. "We need to design every single little tiny ingredient of the book, so it's something that you just treasure." And so I, that bit of it, the creative side of my my job, is probably my favorite, followed closely by spreadsheets. <laughs> Very diverse woman. (laughs) Um, And the last question, um, what is one of your favorite activities to do with your kids? Oh, wow. Um, I think probably that my kids are older now, but it it, it really is just being, and this is going to sound kind of weak, I think it's sort of being together. I mean, we we come together and my children now are sort of all over the place. So getting the whole family together and – and um, just sharing what we're up to, sharing stories, having a great meal, Sunday night roast, and being together, and um, having a fire in the fireplace and doing a jigsaw puzzle together. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, Well, Nancy, I really want to thank you so much for taking your time to be here with us today and to share your story and to really give some insight to what I think is such a fascinating business. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Flat out, I was just blown away by Nancy's entire business and how multifaceted it is and just how much they've grown and evolved over all of these years and how they're so determined to make a grassroots impression, which they are doing. And she's doing such a great job of leveraging technology for that. So I hope you got something really great out of this. And I cannot encourage you enough Go to bizwomenrock.com, go to Nancy's show notes page, and you're going to have, you're going to see her website right there um, with a direct link to her website so you can go check everything out. And also on the show notes page, you're actually going to see all of the awesome quotes that I pulled out of this, which are really cool, and her favorites, which are really cool to check out too. So anyway, um, hope you got something really great out of this and, and use this to be able to see business very differently. That's why I really love this conversation. So have a great day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.